in verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Won't you think with me this morning on the subject of the intercession of the Spirit. The intercession of the Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, pray Lord and ask of you to please equip us and help us Lord to use us here. Here I am, Lord I pray you take me up and use me. Work in each heart and help us today we pray in Christ's name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now when you start, if you were to read in the book of Romans, you wouldn't read too terribly far. You'd find the word spirit. I think it's in chapter 1, verse number 4. It's been deliberated whether or not that word there because it is a small list in your 1769 edition. and the 1611 edition, it was a capital S, whether that one, that spirit there is the Holy Spirit or man's spirit. I'll let you uh, settle that question. Then you find him mentioned again in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 4 called the Holy Ghost, which predominantly is the title for the Spirit of God in the New Testament because you'll find those words Holy Ghost in the New Testament 90 times. But when you get to this 8th chapter of the book of Romans, it opens up then to the person of the Spirit of God. And so looking at this verse right here, in particular verses number 26 and verse number 27, it's dealing with the intercession of the Spirit of God. Because, and I tell you the reason he needs to intercede for us, because we are in, a, in this present time we have suffering. Yes. Verse number 18. Right. Also because of the bondage of corruption. Verse number 21. Also because of our groanings. Verse number 23. And because of our infirmities. 
verse number 26. So therefore, then we need the Spirit of God. Amen. Verse number 26, matter of fact, he said about that in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now, when you think about the word infirmities, and when you go looking that up, it's talking about weaknesses. And because of our fallenness, because of our sinfulness, we are limited. And we're limited in knowledge. That's what he's dealing with right there in verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not. We know not. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now with that in mind then, since we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, because we have this infirmity, we're weak in knowledge, we don't have all knowledge, since we don't know how to pray as we ought, then should we just resign ourselves from prayer? You know, just, just not pray. Well, we can't say that because in the Bible you're going to see that there is uh, definite, uh, specific uh, prayers that are offered to God and that God most definitely answered those specific prayers. I mean, you get to looking in the Word of God, you're going to see about Elijah. When he was on Mount Carmel, he prayed. Uh, all that morning, he told him, he said, I said, what I want you to do, I want you to get a sacrifice, and I want you to offer that sacrifice, and I don't want you to put any fire on it, I want you to call on Baal. And they called on nothing, because Baal doesn't exist. All morning long, they hooped and hollered and prayed and jumped around and cut themselves trying to get Baal to send fire. And of course, there was no fire because there is no Baal. And the reason being, the number one God. And it's the God of the Bible. Amen. And the God of the Bible, my friend, then whenever Elijah said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get this sacrifice and I want you to get it ready and I want you to fill it full of water and all this trench around the sacrifice, I want you to fill it with water. Humanly speaking, there was no way in the world that that sacrifice was going to be consumed with fire unless God gets in it. And they prayed all morning long and nothing happened and Elijah prayed 63 words and the fire God fell. See? So we can't say then, well, because we're, we don't have all knowledge and, we, and the Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought, so we just don't pray. No, you're not going to get off like that. Amen? Amen. Uh, you think about uh, Hezekiah. God said, now you're going to die. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and God answered his prayer. And remember what the Bible said, you have not because you ask not. And the Bible also says that you ask and have not because you might receive it upon your own lust. Amen. So it, we do need self-examination. But we're not going to get off of this thing and say, well, you know, I, I don't know how to pray, so I'm just not going to pray. God's going to do whatever He's going to do. Yeah, and you're going to act irresponsible in that mindset also. So therefore, just because we don't have proper knowledge doesn't mean then that we should not pray. Because God has a will, okay? God has a will. Now, in God's will, and I'm going to give you a couple of divisions in the will of God. God has a will of approbation. God has a will of decree. You say, I don't know what that means. Well, I'm going to tell you, okay? So, 
His will of approbation is what God approves of and what He disapproves of. You say, well, how do you know what He approves of? And how do you know what He disapproves of? Well, you got a Bible, ain't you? You know what God approves of because it's in the Word of God. You know what He disapproves of because it's in the Word of God. So in that context then, you have God's will of approbation. So we know what God's will is. Also, God has a will of decree. You say, what does that mean? Well, God has chosen things. Since God is God, okay, and God is sovereign, okay, therefore then God is a God of providence. And in the arrangement of God, God has decreed some things. Now, we know what's right and wrong by God's Word, but we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what we're going to have for dinner. Y'all know what we're going to have. I don't know what we're going to have for supper. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm going to have next week at this same time for lunch or whatever. See what I'm saying? So we don't know the future, okay? But God does, okay? All right. Whenever we go to pray, have you ever since since we don't know the future, okay? We're we're, we're lacking in knowledge. Have you ever found yourself praying this way, Lord? We pray about this. If it be Thy will. Now, why do we say that? Because we really don't know. We're just praying, Lord, please answer in this way, but thy will be done. Have you ever prayed for somebody's healing and they got healed? Have you ever prayed for somebody's healing and the Lord didn't see fit to heal them? He took them out. So what's the problem there? Well, it wasn't any problem. We were just praying. Listen, I pray for people's healing. Amen. I do, and I leave it up to God to answer it as He sees fit. God's in charge. God's in control. And He knows about this thing far better than I do. So I just let God be God. Amen. So, then while we're down here then, while the creation groans, doesn't it? And we that are saved and have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan. Okay. Well, the Holy Ghost groans. The Holy Ghost groans. He said in the latter part of verse number 26, but the Spirit itself. And let me stop right there a minute. People say, well, now, there's a mistake in the King James Bible. It says itself. And he's not it. He's a, he's a person. Okay. And things like that. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Have you ever gone to the, the nursery at the hospital and they brought a baby out and it just had white cloth on and what did you say, what is it? And they said, it is. <laughs> say that louder. But anyway, so you see what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong. With, and remember what the Bible said about the Lord Jesus, that holy thing which shall be born of thee, called Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? So therefore, then the Spirit itself, Himself, people say, well, I had an inmate tell me one time, you know, he stopped me on the yard out there on the way into the chapel service, and I don't know he, I, what he had to prove sometimes, but things go that way. I don't know how it all went, but I remember what he was saying. He said, well, the Bible, you can look in the Greek and the Holy Spirit, it's, it's in the female. 
you know. Well, you can look at that in that way. And the fact that I was birthed by him, amen, I was regenerated by the Spirit of God. But anyway, the, the Spirit of God, there's a Greek word there, the doctrine of numer, however how it goes, it means neutral. The Spirit of God, not a man. The Spirit of God, not a woman. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of God. He is a Spirit, okay? So, therefore, the Spirit itself, the Spirit Himself, there's nothing wrong. We don't need a, 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 a gender-neutral Bible, okay? When the Bible talks about God being in, in the male gender, just leave it alone, amen? You ladies ought to thank God for men because we sure thank God for you, Amen? People say, well, you know, where would we be? Where would you be without women? I guess in the Garden of Eden, amen. So. <laughs> but there wouldn't be but one of them, so. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't he be in the, you talk about a codger, he'd be an old codger. <laughs> anyway, groanings, groanings, groanings. So the creation groans. You and I that have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan. And the Holy Ghost groans. Now when we think about the Holy Ghost groaning, what in the world can we be thinking about? Well, you're thinking then about the Holy Ghost interceding for us. You remember now that the Bible plainly tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. There's some different words in the Bible that God uses for that. We have an advocate with the Father. Okay? Jesus Christ, the righteous. An advocate means we have a representative. When the Bible talks about us being seated with Christ in heavenly places, how can we be seated with Christ in heavenly places? Well, I'm seated in Frankfurt. That's the capital of the state of Kentucky where I reside. I'm seated in Frankfurt in the person of my representative. I'm seated in Washington, D.C. Do I look like a Washingtonian? Is that the word, you know? You know, I'm seated in Washington, D.C. in the person of my representative. I'm seated yonder in heaven in the person of my representative, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our great high priest. Therefore then, we have one mediator, no mediatrix. Good place to say amen right there, men. One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You say, well, I, so, the, so the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest, our mediator, our advocate. And by the way, we're saved on the basis of what Christ has done and we're kept saved on the basis of what Christ is doing for us because He ever lives, never dying again, first begotten of the dead, died, resurrected to die no more, to eternally intercede for us. So if we have an advocate in the Lord Jesus Christ, our high priest and intercessor, then what does it mean when it says that the Spirit of God intercedes for us? I'm going to tell you something, my friend. God's serious about this thing of salvation. Not only in regeneration and conversion, but enabling us to live for Him while we're down here in the nasty now and now. Amen. As we just 
plod along as pilgrims and sojourners, we need the Lord. And remember the Bible says, we that are saved are indwelt by the Holy Ghost. And we that are saved are sealed by the Spirit. His impression is upon us. Upon us is we've been made partaker of the divine nature. And since we've been made partaker of of the divine nature, then the one that has regenerated us has put his stamp upon us and sealed us and we have him as a down payment, if you will, that we're going to make it to heaven. No matter what, no matter what you got to go through to get there. And the reason I say that, we don't know what we're going to face before we get to heaven. I'm 65, and please, you folks that are 80 something, don't say anything about that. That's a whole lot older than somebody's 25, okay? But the older, but 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 the older I get, I realize, you know, I'm not here to stay, and most of my life is over. Most of my ministry is over. I'll never live as long as I have lived. So I'm looking more on the other side, and a lot of the people I know. A lot of the people, one of the best friends I ever had, Brother Tim Rutherford, he's been gone for a number of years now. We was, I mean, just like that, we we didn't agree on everything, but we were so close together, and therefore then a lot of the people I know, they done gone over. The lady that was instrumental in, in washing my feet, brother, the lady that was instrumental in washing my feet. What do you mean with that? Well, when I got out of jail from incarceration, being locked up seven months, that ain't very long to some of you gentlemen that's been locked up a while, but, you know, more than a week anyway. Whenever I got out, she called me every day, her and her husband. And he worked job during the day. She'd call, you know, that first week I got out, she called every day. Won't you go to church with us Sunday? Won't you go to church with us Sunday? Amen. Just just kept on and on and on. I said, okay, well, I, I'll go. Amen. Whenever I, well, while we're on, we just going, don't let me forget where I am right here. I'm talking about something, whatever it was. But so, but since if we're in a good rut right here, let's just stay in there. Whenever I was out running around getting high, I went over and got high with them one time, and then I come back the next week to get high, and they shocked me. They said, we don't do that no more. I said, you kidding with me? What's going on? What do you pot? He said, I fed it to the cows. <laughs> now, he grew his own, and he grew some good stuff. I mean, it knocked you out two hours. I mean, you was blowing out two hours, that stuff. I said, fed it to the cows. I said, what do you do with all your whiskey and beer? He said, we poured it out. Burn up the girly magazines and things like that. I said, what happened to y'all? He said, we got saved. I said, you got religion. I ain't fooling with y'all no more. Yeah. Well, Baptist preacher started a church there in town several miles from him and him out knocking on doors, you know. Yeah. Amen. He didn't believe exactly the way we do now. Independent Baptist church. So you can about understand what I'm saying. But the Lord, he uses what he wants to use. He does. Right. He does. You, you can tell that by me standing here this morning. Amen. I, I know you don't know, but anyway, and so forth. So then she prayed, you know, and they invited me. I know they called my name out at that church on Wednesday nights and things like that. So you know, I, I, 
and, and God kept working on me when I was incarcerated. When I got out there and I went to church that Sunday morning, I mean, God hemmed me up, got me broke down, and saved me right there in that meeting in that church house that Sunday morning. I knew if I didn't hadn't read Brother Lasiris's book, but the attitude I had, Lord, I want you to run my life. I sure have made a mess of it. Amen. I never read Curtis Hudson's Exegesis Against Repentance, and I never had read anybody else's Exegesis for Repentance. But it sure happened to me that Sunday morning. Amen. 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 I hope y'all don't mind me calling some names there. I probably shouldn't have, but anyway. So the older I get, then we groan. We groan. But I don't know how I got on and all that, but it's out there now. Now, when you when you get when you when you look up this thing here about groaning, so the creation groans. You and I that have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan. The Holy Ghost groans. When he talks about the Holy Ghost groaning, what is he talking about? It means that he mourns. Mourn. Do you ever mourn? Mourn. Where Brother David mourned. He'll 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 I know he'll think back of him and his brother growing up. He's got a funeral to go to in a day or two. He'll think, he'll rejoice about where he is, but he'll think about them memories and to get things back, mama and daddy and so forth and all. He'll he'll moan, okay, and groan. But the good thing about that, the Spirit of God will too. We'll go somewhere that in a minute, but you understand that. So, therefore then, whenever it means that when it says that the, that, that the creation groans, and by the way, when the creation groans, you can think like this, in the summertime when it gets hot and dry and the ground cracks open, and if you were to drop something small in one of them cracks, you'd have to dig around a while to get it. The ground's dry, and the grass is dry. And the cattle, they're standing around and not able to eat. And the farmer's got to start feeding hay earlier. Why? Because it's, it's, the ground is dry. And the water's dried. It may have to haul water and get them put to another. What's going on? It's groaning. The whole creation groans. Yeah. Groans. So the creation groans. Even you and I that are saved, we groan. You re- I'm going to tell you something right now. You get all you can get out of this meeting. You pray God to help you. Oh, He'll help you. Because when you get out of here, there ain't no telling what kind of hell by the acre we're going to have to face. Amen. Amen. So you and I that are saved, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, but we even ourselves, we also groan. And when we groan, we also sigh. To groan means that we sigh. You ever sigh? You ever live a chronic pain? You ever have that problem? I got pain. I'm trying to deal with it. My wife and I, she would come across some patches. You've heard about it. You know, she's pushing them patches, you know. Well, it's to be expected. She's a woman, okay? My mama's gone, but I still got one, amen? And she mothers me along real good. You say, what would you do without her? I don't know. I just soon go with her, amen? But anyhow, she said, well, I'm going to leave you. I said, okay, I'm going with you, amen? But anyway, so then you and I, we sigh. Pain, chronic pains and this and that. We groan. We sigh. To say that, uh, this, that, that we do that, then we also we grieve. And the Spirit of God can be grieved and He grieves. 
but also, my friend, we rejoice. We rejoice. Why do we rejoice? All those messages yesterday we heard them preachers preach during the day, everything was exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted and the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, my friend, goes along with that, it's going to come out of us one way or another. It may come out your eyes, it may come out your hands, it may come out your feet, amen, but you're going to rejoice. Groaning. So when we groan, the Spirit of God groans. When we sigh, the Spirit of God sighs. Okay. When we're in grief, the Spirit of God is in grief. Whenever we rejoice, thank God, God, for it is God which worketh in you, both the will and the do of His good pleasure. Also, my friend, He brings about rejoicing. God, my friend, knows that. Verse number 27. And He, God, that searches the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He, the Spirit, He, the Holy Ghost, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So as we groan, the Holy Ghost groans. As we sigh, the Holy Ghost sighs. If we grieve or if we rejoice, God, my friend, interprets that because the Holy Ghost gets that to God. Amen? Listen, whatever, I don't care what we go through and how we're going to leave this world and what we might face. We that are saved are sealed with the Holy Ghost. He's the earnest of the Spirit to the day of redemption. And He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Brothers and sisters, we on the winning side. So, therefore then, He groans. And rejoices. As we do, he does. See it there? So as he does, we do. As we do, he does. We're one with him. I never will forget. I was talking to a preacher one time. He's dead now, Brother Ken Johnson. I tried to describe something to him. He said, oh, that's a doctrine of uh, identification. Oh, man, I've been excited about that ever since. We are, God is, a, he is identified with us. Amen. He took upon himself part of the same Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse number 24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us. And we are identified with him because he came to be identified with us and his spirit, the other comforter that he would send, is in us. And he is identified with us. So we grieve and mourn and groan and so forth. My friend, God searches the hearts. He knows that. And the Spirit of God interprets that to the Father 
And I, I can't explain it any other way than that. Amen. Okay. I've looked and prayed and pondered this passage through here. I've been preaching about the person of the Holy Ghost on Wednesday nights there at church. And so that's about the best I can do with it. But because we're so identified with the Lord, so identified with the Holy Ghost, and dwelt and sealed by the Holy Ghost, then my friend, God interprets, the Holy Ghost interprets, He gets our prayers to the Father, and the Father knows. The Father knows. Amen, Lastly, in that verse of Scripture, verse number uh, 20, verse number 27, he said, Lastly there, I'm looking for a colon. I don't see one, so I'll just start right here in, in 27. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Whenever he prays, it's always going to get answered. He's going to pray according to the will of God. Now, do we always pray according to the will of God? Aren't you glad there's some things we've prayed about God didn't answer? Amen. 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 And if I can be so foolish, maybe we've prayed about some things and you know, and God did answer, and we say, well, we, we, that hadn't happened. Amen. I am glad the Lord answered one prayer. I didn't say anything to anybody about it, but this morning whenever I was praying, I said, Lord, this type of message, if I could just preach first, I think it'd fit a little bit better. You know, and Brother Brandon said, he told me this morning, he said, I'm going I'm to use you first. I said, well, that's an answer to prayer. Amen. <laughs> but whenever we don't always know everything, because we're limited in knowledge, and when, we, and when we don't always pray in the will of God, whatever He prays on our behalf, my friend, He always prays in the will of God, and God always answers the prayers of the Holy Ghost. And right before you get to verse number 29, let me read this verse, no matter what we go through, verse 28, and we know. Now, here's something you can be confident about. And no matter what you do go through and where we wind up, whether somebody winds up, whether we're able to take care of ourselves the rest of our life or somebody else has to see to our physical needs in, in every way, you know what I'm trying to say, and so forth and all, no matter what we go through, the good, and let's just use the old movie, okay, titled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. No matter what we go through, we know that all things are dovetailing together. All things work together. The good, the bad, the ugly, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. The intercessory work of the Holy Ghost. We need to be reminded of that. And, uh, you know, that's some deep, deep thoughts right there. How the Spirit groans with us and how He uh, 